This is a silly example, but I remember my mother said to me, I was cleaning and she said, ah, you do a half-ass job with like cleaning the bathroom or something like that. For some reason, some of that stuck in my head. I will never do a half-ass job. I will always do like the best job. But now I'll get upset with people who aren't doing the best job that they can do. And I know I have to deal with that within myself and be like, chill out. Sometimes good enough is good enough, lady. Let it alone. The irony is you got into radio where a half-ass job is pretty much standard. (laughs) (laughs) And hello, everyone. We are so happy to be here with you. Another episode of Coping on the Couch with Courtney and Brian. I am a licensed therapist. Brian has enjoyed his journey with therapy for years. I don't know uh, if I enjoyed it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I think you did. Oh, I think you did. (laughs) And you'd like to come back for more, sir. Oh, I'm here. Ain't I? (laughs) Yeah, you're sitting on that couch. We thought today we would talk about toxic productivity. Now, we've talked about toxic positivity before. We've talked about toxicity in relationships, toxicity sometimes that we have to avoid and have to decrease. But I thought this was really interesting, an interesting topic, because, of course, with the pandemic, a lot of people were having more toxic productivity, feeling like they needed to accomplish things during the pandemic, during downtime. But this has been a problem for people for a very long time. For some people, they might call it workaholic. But really, this is about not just in your work life, but in your life in general. Do you feel uneasy or irritable if you're not always producing? If you reflect and say, what should I be doing right now? And go from project to project without any breaks, then this may be something that you want to talk about. Or if there's someone in your life who has a lot of toxic productivity going on, you may want to listen up for some ways to kind of slow that down and balance your life out a little bit. Full disclosure, Courtney, Mm -hmm. you sent me this article. And until I saw what it was about, it hit me like a slap in the face. And I thought, you know what? I think I might have this Mm. (laughs) because you can attest to the fact we work together every day Mm -hmm. on a morning radio show. I can't sit still for five seconds. I'm constantly not not only working on (laughs) things that we're doing in the present. I'm simultaneously working on things in the future. Mm. We have things that are due in a week that I'm already doing. Oh, yeah. I just can't (laughs) stop. And I'm just as bad at home. I always say to my wife. If I'm not eating, sleeping, working, or running errands, I'm not alive because Mm -hmm. that's basically all I do. And I can see where this can be a toxic thing. And my dad was a workaholic, and I always respected him for that. But then you start to have to ask yourself, is this masking some other issue? Mm -hmm. Are you keeping busy because there is something that you don't want to deal with and you don't like being inside your own head? It is well documented on this podcast. I have a lot of trouble being inside of my own head. Mm -hmm. It is a very active brain. I have benefited from it, but in some ways it is torturous because I can't shut it off. And off of last week's podcast, one element that I forgot to mention, we were talking about drinking and how you should really watch something like that. That's the only thing that really shuts it down, that or going to sleep. But even going to sleep, sometimes the dreams are crazy. Mm -hmm. So if I'm keeping myself occupied, maybe I'm avoiding some of this torture that is my own mind. Right. And I think that does happen for a lot of people. And I know for me, sometimes I say, okay, let me just slow down. What is it you don't want to think about 
right now? Or what are you uncomfortable with? Because I will go into that mode as well of being like, all right, let me just stay busy. Let me do this. Let me do that. Let me catch up on things. This does serve as a reminder to say, if you feel that in yourself, then maybe taking a pause and just kind of saying, okay, is there something else that I need to deal with right now? Or do I need to give myself some downtime and give myself permission? Sometimes we feel very guilty about taking Mm -hmm. time for ourselves or we say, oh, it's a waste of time. Like we were talking about, about childhood, certain things and certain events stick with us. Some of them just roll right off as we don't even remember, but certain ones can really highlight how we start to think about things in the future. This is a silly example, but I remember my mother said to me, I was cleaning and she said, ah, you do a half-assed job with like cleaning the bathroom or something like that. For some reason, some of that stuck in my head. I will never do a half-assed job. I will always do like the best job. For some reason, I don't know why, but now I'll get upset with people who aren't doing the best job that they can do. And I know I have to deal with that within myself and be like, chill out. Sometimes good enough is good enough, lady. Let it alone. The irony is you got into radio where a half-assed job is pretty much standard. (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing all right. I mean, listen around to other shows. I know I can't stop working over here. But it's funny that you mentioned the childhood thing because I always just made the assumption that I was hardwired Mm -hmm. to be a worker bee because that's what I saw from my dad. Mm. And I don't know if that was ingrained in me or I do think there's some of what you're talking about where I felt like whatever I did was never good enough. My Mm -hmm. parents could unintentionally be very hard on my brother and myself. And I think they did it because they wanted to get the best out of us. And they saw that we were timid and we were meek and they wanted to make us a little bit more type Mm -hmm. A in multiple directions. Then pressure started in this way. My mom had me reading when I was like three or four. And then I was being marched around kindergarten to other classes. They were like showing me off like some kind of a circus freak. Then I end up skipping the second grade. And then I think that might have created some of my social anxiety Mm -hmm. because I was around kids who were all older than me. I felt like I had to prove myself. And then if my grade slipped at all, my mom would start in with, I never should have let you skip that grade. And then she would say things to how socially I can see that it's affecting you. And this whole thing was a big mistake. And what would that do to somebody at my age? That would make me think, oh my God, well, I've got to do more now. I was always worried about that expectation. And I talk about that too now in my adult life Mm -hmm. to show you how things stick with you from childhood, how whenever I meet somebody who is a quote unquote fan of mine, I always feel like I'm going to let them down. I'm not going to be funny enough. I'm not going to be nice enough. Mm -hmm. Anytime somebody asks me to do a toast at a wedding, it's not going to be good enough. They know I'm a comedy writer. They're expecting a grand slam home run. What if I don't deliver? And I think this is part of why I just can't stop working. Right. I'm always afraid that I'm not going to deliver. Mm -hmm. And I think looking at that, and again, like you said, our parents didn't intentionally try to put these things in our head. It was about when my mom would say things, she wanted me to do the best that I could. And I learned so much from her in that valuable way too. But also I have to say, she's a worker bee. (laughs) She works Mm -hmm. a lot. And I will deny it, but people go, oh, you're the first one in, last one to leave, like your mom. And I was like, what? I'm not like my mom. And then I'm like, oh yes, I am. So could Um, some of this be genetic, Courtney? I wonder about that. I think environmentally that we pass on these great traits, but sometimes if we don't question it or if it starts to go over the line and we're missing the balance, it's like, okay, let's kind of sit with that. And also, could it be genetic? I mean, 
I really think that there could be a genetic component here, just like everything else that we get. But again, that doesn't mean the be-all, end-all, that we have to just go down this path if it's not making us happy. If our balance is getting thrown in our life, then we have the power to stop and examine that and make some changes and make some small changes, too. And I think that's why it's important to talk about all of this. And outside of the genetics and even the school performance, I remember on athletic fields, there Mm -hmm. was a big pressure because I always was so socially awkward and timid. My dad would say, you're not being aggressive enough. Mm. So I felt the pressure to be better there. And then even in my everyday life, when I would get into a relationship, if you're not paying enough attention to me, then (laughs) in future relationships, I think I started to smother people because all of these messages that I was getting were coded in the same way. Right. Isn't that interesting? And sometimes I think some of the same stuff comes at us because it gives us a chance to really make some changes and to challenge some of this. But it is hard. I mean, especially if you don't examine it, you just keep thinking, you keep buying the same story. You're telling yourself over and over again and you look for the evidence around you and say, well, it's always been like this. I have to just keep working, working, working. But it is important and I'm sure you have people around you because when we get into this toxic productivity, we do have people around us that might say, hey, we need to put some attention on some other things. You, know? you and I discussed this a few podcasts ago that mm-hmm. at one point in this very room, you sat me down one day and you said, I think you're working too hard. Right. So, yeah, <laughs> not only from my family, right, right. but also from coworkers, from friends. But, Courtney, I also think what we do for a living, too, mm-hmm. somehow sends that message to us because people have asked me, you work in entertainment, you've done it for so long, what is your secret? And I said, look, I've run into tons and tons of people, many of whom had way more talent than I ever had. But the one thing that they didn't have was my work ethic. Yeah. And I always thought about the Dustin Pedroyas of the world, if mm. you follow the Boston Red Sox or even the recently retired Julian Edelman. Okay, I don't have all of the gifts, so I have to work twice as hard as everybody else. Mm -hmm. If you start believing that narrative in one area or you're being told that in multiple areas, it's almost impossible to get out from under it. It's really difficult. But again, it comes back to, am I feeling exhausted? Am I not feeling fulfilled? Is it not giving me that same good feeling? Am I constantly looking for things? Is it also exhausting my relationship? So looking at that to say, hmm, maybe I should question this. And my mantra for the last few years, even though sometimes I'm not that good at it, but (laughs) I say, I need to work smarter, not harder, because I would find myself doing things. Is this a payoff, though? Is this helping me to move forward? Or is this just satisfying my need to constantly be busy and working? And one of the things was working through lunch. That was a big thing for me. I had to sit myself down and say, you have to stop this. You have to at least break away from your desk for 10, 15 minutes and read a book and eat your lunch or do something but do not do work and try to shovel food down. Because that, to me, was, this is not helpful. You're not getting any rest during the day. This is not good. And then to compound some of that, because I've known you for so long, you take that, that work ethic, Mm -hmm. you take the fact that you are a people pleaser, and then you even take your job as a therapist where you're constantly trying to solve other people's problems. Everywhere you turn, there is something that you can address with all of those things Mm -hmm. to feed those beasts. And I think that that can almost be the holy trinity of dysfunction if you don't manage it. Right. And I had to put some limit setting on that, too, because I want to help people, but I can't be available 24 Mm seven. And I'd be making calls late at night. I'd be calling people on the weekend to check in on them. I had to, again, sit myself down. Sometimes I sit myself down, Brian, and I say, listen, you listen here, lady. And I had to say, you have to stop this.
this. This is not giving you life balance. You're worrying about people 24-7. They're living their life. <laughs> Come on, let's have some limits and boundaries. You're teaching people healthy limits and boundaries. You need to get your head around this. And I really have. I've worked really hard to do that because it was. It was driving me cuckoo. I was like, this is making me crazy. <laughs> and so I had to be able to do that. But again, I had to really challenge some of that because there's that voice in my head saying, are you doing enough? Are you doing enough? Did you check on them? What happens if this? You know what else I would do is talk to other people, get that out of my head, because then they say, no, no, actually, you're working quite hard enough. Sometimes if you need a reality check, talk to the people that you trust around you and check in with them. Am I being a slacker? And they'll be like, no, (laughs) slow down, in fact. And speaking of problems compounding, I said your whole thing. Mine is not only do I have that crazy work ethic, but I have OCD on top of that. And when you combine those Mm -hmm. two, that can really be a problem. I had something interesting happen to me recently. And as a 50-year-old, I think it was maybe the first time it had ever happened in my life. We transitioned to a new boss here who was a co-worker who we already knew. So Mm -hmm. thank God we already kind of had that groundwork laid. Well, one day he called me in and he said, I just have one criticism about what you're doing. And I said, well, what is it? Because I'm perfect. I can't imagine. (laughs) Courtney just told me I'm amazing and perfect. And he said, it's really about what you do on the weekend because we have weekend shows. Mm -hmm. And he said, every single time you hit a mic, you're doing some form of content and you don't need to do that. Mm -hmm. You need to sometimes let the music do the work for you. Mm -hmm. So I was explaining to him why I was approaching it in this way. And then he just stopped and he said, Brian, I'm doing something that a lot of employers and managers do not do. I'm asking you to work less. (laughs) And I thought, wow, that sent this stream of adrenaline through me. I was like, wow, what a satisfying thing to hear. And what a relief to some degree that to make this come full circle, (laughs) finally, I can half-ass it here at Cat Country 98.1. Good enough is just good enough, Brian. I love it. And actually, an article I was reading about toxic productivity said, if you think your boss, all the bosses are not trying to say you have to work yourself to the bone and also... Yeah, I'm going to need you to come in on Saturday. The old office space thing. A lot of people are not expecting you to go the extra mile every single time. It's really our own expectation on that. So I think we need to take a pause. We need to look at our accomplishments and have some reflection time and say, you know what, do I need to just kind of chill out for a little bit, decrease some of this? And also, what's my motivation behind this? Is it because I'm having a lot of fun and joy with this? Or is it because I feel like I'm not good enough and I have to just keep on this treadmill? So really looking at your motivation behind it and giving yourself a break and saying, maybe I just need some downtime and some fun. For you, it would be like, let me just get away from the computer, shut it down and just get out for a few hours and As not I even worry about it. As I say to you and many people, I can't wait to go home and just stare at the wall. Yeah, and I, I wish <laughs> I had the ability to do that because it sounds like such a good time, yeah. but I have a really hard time. But sometimes yeah. you need that forced mm-hmm. step back from everything. And two examples that I have cited that I think bear repeating. When my wife, who was going a thousand miles an hour at her previous job, had it torn away from her because mm-hmm. of the pandemic and had five months to just sit there and be inside of her own head while she was trying to find another job. She said the lesson that she learned was, what was I doing in that last job? I was driving myself so insane, Mm -hmm. and what was the end result? And she said, the lesson that I have learned from this is not that I'm not going to work hard at my next job, but the nights of staying up until two in the morning, getting three hours of sleep, and then putting in a 12-hour day and starting it all over again Mm -hmm. are done. And Mm -hmm. even when my mom passed away, I had just taken a week's quote-unquote vacation 
vacation, and of course, all hell was breaking loose. Mm-hmm. But then I was forced into a two-week quarantine because I was there when she passed. That gave me three weeks to really just sit there and force myself to kind of stare at the wall and reassess. And I made some major life changes mm-hmm. off of that. When you and I had the discussion about me needing to take it more easy, I said, all right, it is time to start getting some more sleep. Mm-hmm. Because I always felt like it was the FOMO thing. What if something breaks overnight and I'm not educated enough about it in the morning? Mm-hmm. I would stay up till the end of every sports game locally to know what the results were so I could talk about it. But it just got to be to an unhealthy perspective. Yeah. And then, like I said, too, am I leaning on alcohol too much? Had my mom not passed, and I'm not going to spin that as a good thing because it's not. However, she might have saved my life because I said to my wife prior to that, just prior, mm-hmm. if I keep going the way that I'm going, I don't know that I'm going to see 60. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. Because what do you do when you're trying to escape? It's all this unhealthy stuff piling on top. And so we do, we have to put the brakes on and be like, oh, wait a minute. And sometimes that's what happens, Brian. Unfortunately, it can be major life issues or losses, crisis situations. Mm-hmm. But we would never want those bad things to happen. But we can pull something from that. They provide that, perspective. Exactly. That can kind of shake us up and say, wait a minute, do I want to keep on this road? Is this worth this? Is it worth it? knowing all the games and staying up and only having a few hours sleep and then being tired the next day and then all of these things, is it really worth it? You had to weigh that out for yourself. And this is the problem too, and you're seeing it a lot in kids because now we have so much access to information. Mm -hmm. If you have a job that depends on that, that can really become an obsession. And I think another question that people need to ask themselves who are proud of their work ethic, really look at that area that you and I just brought up where it could also be compounded by something else. What else is in play mm-hmm. here? Like my OCD, like your people pleasing, right, right. like you being a problem solver. Mm-hmm. Because normally, if you didn't take that step back that we're talking about, you would never associate any of those things with each other. Mm-hmm. But sometimes every single dysfunctional behavior that you have, they join forces right. and they become almost like this super virus from mm-hmm. a mental health perspective. That's a great way of putting it because you think about it too. If you have a serious issue with anxiety, say, Mm -hmm. you're going to keep doing things just so you avoid feeling the anxiety. But that doesn't mean you're doing healthy things. It just means that you're constantly trying to stop some of the thoughts that are going on that's creating all of this anxiety. So you do the behavior that brings the anxiety down, but that can be compulsively working all the time or doing certain things just to bring that down, but it can be unhealthy. Your mental health issues are creating a supergroup like Asia. Right. <laughs> Remember like them from Asia. the 80s? <laughs> they were pretty amazing, weren't they? They were. They're a lot better than the supergroup I got going on over here inside my own head. <laughs> One thing I just wanted to mention before we wrap up, when I was a life coach, I would talk to people, especially people who are working, working, working and all this. And I say, we're human beings, not human doings. Mm -hmm. So we have to honor that side of ourselves, getting quiet and having relaxation, doing meditation, letting other things go away, because that's what helps you to have that bigger perspective to really say, is this worth it running on this treadmill all the time of having to be productive and do all these things? So I really encourage people to think about it like that. Just be. Well, Courtney, this has really been eye-opening. I'm really glad that you sent this article over so I could take another good long look at Mm. myself. And hopefully we're doing the same for everybody else. And if anybody has any further questions about this, how can they contact you? Sure. You can always email me, wellness at wctk.com. We also have great resources at Wellness Wednesday page at catcountry.com on that side. Send Courtney an email so she can have more work, she can people please, (laughs) and she can problem solve because we've already established she doesn't have enough of that going on. 
on in her life. And as far as contacting us in other ways or seeing what we're up to, you can get us on socials at Cat Country Mornings. We have individual pages. I'm Brian Mulhern on most of mine. She, Courtney Kelly, and Courtney Kelly Bedard. Don't forget to check out the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Libsyn. You can use your smart devices, but most important of all, and we're going to put you to work here, you little worker bee, (laughs) tell other people. Yes. Tell somebody you know who might have some of these problems, like what you heard today. Mm -hmm. Hey, I really think you need to listen to this because that's why we're here. We're trying to help people who maybe don't even think about this stuff Mm -hmm. or maybe think that the whole therapy thing is a sham and they don't want any part of it. We want to open those eyes as well. So we open our eyes and we shut our mouths, (laughs) at least for another week. In the meantime, thank you for listening to Coping on the Couch with Courtney and Brian. Thank you. I